Hey man, so fucking COVID is running rampant. I, I we're, we're recording this on what I believe to be the 16th of July, in case anyone needs some time. Uh, and and our, our rates are going crazy. Specifically though, uh, where I live now, California, Florida, where I used to live, where we are from, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's where a lot of my friends and loved ones still are. Right. It's Your mom's there. My whole now. my whole yeah. family's still there and shit. And so I got a, 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 a kind of a COVID scare. Uh, toilet monster, a recurring character on this, sent yeah. me a picture of her positive COVID test. Okay. And I was like, oh shit, because toilet monster lives with mama toilet monster and papa toilet monster. And, and so like, right. they're, they're people that are at risk there. So I got really scared immediately. Mama and papa toilet monster, which are new characters, but they've, <laughs> yeah. they've been in the periphery this whole time. They've been there the whole time. Exactly. They've been waiting in the fringes. So, so, watching. Uh, were, were they positive as well? Or were just assuming because toilet monster is positive. Right. Well, toilet monster is setting up tests for everybody in the house. And then a midget named asshole is also sick. Uh, so oh. you're bringing him into the thing too. So I it's very petty, by the way, she was like, midget named asshole is also sick. And I'm just like, I said to violin, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel real bad for him. But anyway, uh, and then I started talking about mama and papa toilet monster and not, not to be shitty. It's just because he's like at a, at an age that statistically he'll be, he'll be fine. I'm much worried about the people in their sixties who both have predispositions to being sh- shitty. Well, you know? I mean, not, not to be a scary downer man, but you know, like we're, we're finding out a lot more about this shit as it goes. And like, just how it, like the effects on the brain, like permanent yeah. brain damage, even in young people. Uh, and it's fucking nuts. And like the whole, like losing your sense of taste and smell permanently and shit. Well, that um, was, that was her symptom. She wasn't oh. sick. She just lost her sense of smell. And then suddenly she was like, I should go get this tested. Right. But, and, and so like, that's really scary because it's like, oh, it's a small thing. Like she had a mild kind of uh, reaction to it. Everyone else has a little bit worse, but no fevers or anything. So I just smelled my coffee, by the way, just to make sure I can still smell it. So <laughs> that's like a Geraldo Rivera thing. So fucking hard. It's like, look, just hold your breath for five, 10 seconds. If you can do that, you don't have COVID. Just smell your coffee. Every day, every morning, if you can smell those Ethiopian beans, those hints of lavender, then you're fine. Remember when Geraldo was like, I mean, not that we were alive then, but when he was like kind of a legitimate like journalist or whatever, and then he's turned into a fucking fox psycho. What do you think happened there? Was it the mustache grew sentience and then like got some of his brain? Or do you think it was that Al Capone thing broke him as a person? I... I, I think it was probably a combination of both, you know, like the, the mustache hairs were reaching into like the neural fiber network right. of his brain as he was busting open that safe. And it just, that, that just allowed safe passage for those follicles to infest his whole head. That's my, Ever that's since. my anytime guess. He's, anytime he sits about out, out of outlandish shit, what he's been going on about how like uh, yeah, hip hop is more dangerous than fucking. Yeah, than which by, by the way, I know that neither of us are like amazing fans of uh, Kenny's last record, but I love that Kendrick fucking uh, put that shit like on the record, like clip of that fucking segment as he's leading into DNA. Yeah, but what we're finding out is it's not Geraldo's fault. It's these the this this mustache is racist, is what we're finding out. Like, and I'm all about taking out the racist facial hair of the world, sure. Uh, right. But where does it start? I mean, you so, see, it's so you're saying like that Kendrick Roland. Lamar was was preying on a uh, uh, a compromised uh, mustache disabled man, as opposed to commenting on 
blatant racism. He was punching down for sure. I'll say that about old Kenny. Uh, Cancel Kenny. (laughs) I hope not. Cancel Kung Fu Kenny. (laughs) Cancel Kung Fu Kenny. No, you don't want to. No, I'm not going to co-sign on that because we're talking about sick men like Geraldo Rivera. who Because I think what a lot of people don't know, unless you kind of go backwards, is he made his Mm -hmm. bones for like what, what that American Horror Story season two was about. Yeah, like, he like went up in a sanitarium. He's like, it's real fucked up in here. Oh, look around this corner. More fucked up things. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. It's like people, you know, sitting in their own poop yeah. and like terrible conditions and everything. It's back when he was a journalist. Yeah. I mean, what else do I have to say? I, I'm asking you, looking at me, like I'm not doing something right. I'm talking about he was actually like trying to go for the truth and shit. He was like young, scrappy, yeah. and hungry. And what happened? No, I'm 100% on your side. I don't know what happened. I mean, I think well, I think we figured out what happened is the mustache took over his brain. But like, aside from that, yeah, like he started off as a legitimate journalist. I mean, much like Bill O'Reilly technically started off as an actual journalist. He did. Did he? I don't remember yeah. any early Bill O'Reilly. I, that's someone well, again, had never again, seen we work going alive. backwards. He's an old ass white man who got a platform and they were like, hey, go be the angrier you get, the fucking more people watch. And he's like, okay. But, but like, uh, what is it about the act of being a journalist that eventually makes you take a side? Because, like, there's this weird thing that's going on now with that lady from the New York Times, like, resigned. Uh, mm. And she's, she's, like, she calls herself a, a left-leaning centrist, but everyone else calls her Whatever a fucking fuck Nazi. That means. Yeah. I don't know. My thing is this, is that, like, what I've read from her, like, didn't seem radical. You know, it seemed like I disagreed mm. with her, but it didn't seem radical. I, I haven't looked into it. What did she say? Well, she just said a lot of things. She was talking about like Brett Kavanaugh shouldn't be immediately disqualified because of the Christine Blasey Ford thing because he was 17. It had nothing to do with his adult life or what he's held in office. And I'm like, in theory, I'd still disagree with you, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, And then she's like, but to be clear, him being an unhinged asshole while addressing the Senate should have disqualified him for sure. Uh, So I'm like, okay, you seem like a rational person here. Apparently she's very Zionist. She's very one of these Zionist Jews and like that's Mm. a problem. But I don't know. I don't really care what I'm saying is like, you know, I think about journalism in general is like you may start off at one point and then because of the way society reacts to like, maybe you don't agree with it, but like logically sound opinions about something, it forces people to go more to this side or to that side because they feel like they are unable to have these opinions out loud. Does that make sense? Well, so I mean, like uh, the current culture that we're in right now doesn't really engender a lot of neutral discussion. Like you, you kind of have to pick a side. Uh, there, there's almost no such thing. I mean, like in journalism, like one of the cornerstones of it is objectivism, uh, or not objectivism, objective journalism. Objectivism. <laughs> Don't bring is Ryan into this. <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, fucking Ayn Rand, that <laughs> awful, awful. Did you hear that the Ayn Rand Foundation had to take like a, a PPP loan or whatever? What? That's amazing. That's yeah, incredible. like they, they had to fucking take government fucking money because they were about to go under during COVID. I think that uh, as it's a like, fuck how, you, how do they? Yeah, how do they do that and then get up the next day and be like the free market? That's where it's at. That's what we worship. God well, they, doesn't exist, but the free market does. Called cowardice. Oh, fair capitalism. <laughs> Some of you are born inferior. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, I was fine. I was like, I'll I'll put a nickel in you and watch you go for fucking hours. I don't care. It's a way easier episode for me. I just watch you do it. Just sip your coffee, like, for 50 straight minutes. I'm just doing... Yeah. 
Yeah, no, but I, I think about that all the time because it's like Geraldo's best friend is Cheech Marin, if you can believe that, which is really... I it, don't believe that. No, that, yeah. Like one, I forget where I saw this on, but it was them talking about it. And the thing that Cheech kept saying is like, he wiped my kid's butts. Like, that's all he kept saying. Like, it I was... Uh, yeah, I feel like after a certain point, that, that goodwill from the wiping your kid's butts uh, should, like, fucking pass. But I don't know. Well, that's what, I, what I'm starting to think about is Cheech and Chong as an entity. It's like, it's like Simon and Garfunkel as an entity. Like, I think all of that humor was one guy. Like, I think yeah. Tommy Chong was bringing all of the, like, like stoner... Yeah, man. Like, yeah. Here, this is what you say, and then we both smoke a joint, but there's cow shit in it, and we go, oh, this shit tastes like shit. <laughs> it's still smoking! Like, that's all he did. That's yeah. all he contributed to shit, was, like, the, the Chicano vibe. <laughs> but, right. Like, he was basically the fucking Taco Bell dog after a while. And it sounds racist, but I'm Spanish and you're honorary Spanish, so we're totally allowed to say this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm so glad you gave me a free pass on that one. Um, yeah, no, I mean, dude, like, it's just one of those things where you find out about people who have, who or who should have diametrically opposing views. And it's like, I, let, let me pose a question to you. Uh, if, if I started leaning really hard to the left, sincere, or to the right, I mean, sincerely, uh, would you be able to continue, like, calling me uh, a, a friend or, like, your best friend? I would definitely take your honorary Spanish pass away. That'd <laughs> be the first thing that goes. Like, if I'm like, yo, we should build a wall, they should come over the right way, you know, just uh, getting progressively yeah, more uh, and more conservative. That's the problem. I'm fine meeting ignorance with love. I'm not yeah. okay meeting willful ignorance with love. I think that's the fucking difference. And it's just like, yeah. Greg, Greg e is a Republican. My stepdad is a Republican. Republicans aren't inherently horrible people, especially right. the ones who are looking at what the party looks like now and are like, what the fuck? This is isn't what we signed up for like but 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 if you specifically because i know how fucking intelligent you are if you started saying they got to come here the right way i'd be like nah b you canceled son like (laughs) nah b (laughs) see like so so there's that limit there so it really makes me wonder like uh when you look at like george conway and kellyanne conway how does that marriage work that dude is on twitter every fucking day he's one of the reasons i still have a twitter every fucking day just saying that trump is a disgrace he's a traitor he's this and that and then his wife is going out and stumping for trump and it's like how does that work when you have a trump stumper uh sleeping next to you every day and you're getting on twitter just fucking being like trump Trump. stumper (laughs) that sounds like (laughs) such a badass like gang from 80s rap like you know like like ice t would be like cop killer trump stumper (laughs) that's all you have to do i mean say what you will about trump but his name rhymes with bump and stump and it's like trump bump trump stumps you know it is a rapper's delight certainly (laughs) i mean (laughs) The possibilities want, are limitless. I want the Sugar Hill Gang to come out and just do another fucking rapper's delight, but just I said a Trump Dude, bump, I, a Trumpy, a bumpy, and a. <laughs> they make it adorable. They normalize it. I mean, that's what we need right now is normal Trump. Uh, no, uh, I think we do need to make a Trump Hamilton though. I think really, that's where, where I don't even want to. Here's the thing: to. you legitimize it a little bit by doing a parody, even if it's with Trump. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like you don't want to put the good shine of Hamilton on a turd maybe, like Trump. Maybe in like five years, when hopefully he's like you know dead or out of office or mm-hmm. both. You know, I, I I think it is interesting what you're saying because I think that Kellyanne Conway probably is looks at it like I'm a lawyer. He's like I don't need to. Doesn't fucking matter if he's innocent or guilty. Like, you know what I believe in? Money. Money's nice. And like power. I don't think that they really give a shit. I think probably it would be genius if they're playing both sides of the field. This is a real Jimmy and and Kim Wexler situation. You know what I mean? Mm. 
You think that's what it is? You think that they've just got like an understanding or something? I, I would have to assume so because it's not just him. It's the family here. Her daughter is like 16 and goes fucking hard on Trump every right. day. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, yeah, it's it like, has it's to make it awkward. Wonderful to, to watch. Yeah. Like you, you got to wonder. Cause I mean, she's, she's not just like a part of the Trump club. She's not just a Trump stumper. She's like actively contributed to like, she's the one who came up with alternative facts or alternate facts. Right. It's like she's kind of actively yeah. contributing to the decline of our political conversation. She's like one of the main fucking, yeah. So this is a really weird story to tell, okay? And it's, it's a weird segue, but it's about personal accountability. So it's like, I look at that and I'm just like, is she just doing a job? She's paid for a job and she does her job very well. I shouldn't necessarily hate on that. You know what I mean? Right. Even if it's used for nefarious purposes. So it's not the exact same thing, but I read this thing about John Lovitz beating the dog piss out of uh, Andy Dick back in the day. John okay. Lovitz? John Lovitz, yeah, which you're just Man. like, John More like Lovitz. John Hayditz. <laughs> well, uh, so what happened was, is like, Andy Dick apparently gave... He's a piece of shit, by the way. I've heard, uh, this story's not going to make him look better, I promise you. Mm. But it's one of those things where you like, we got to take a responsibility here. Andy Dick gave Phil Hartman's ex-wife, when she was recovering, a line of cocaine. And it was that relapse that led to her full breakdown and then murdering of Phil Hartman. When Lovitz heard that, he beat the shit out of Andy Dick. Well, yeah, he demanded a fucking apology first, which I'm like, what? Why? But then he literally slammed his head on a bar four or five times, and Andy Dick was like, you're blaming me for his murder. Wait, it's like, as he's of. slamming his head, you're blaming me for... <laughs> <laughs> probably i don't know it's weird I mean, to me that Andy, i've heard Andy dick gets punched in the face so fucking often that it's amazing that he has teeth or brain cells left in that head right i mean good for him i almost respect him now no not really i mean that that's fucking terrible like the fact that we still give andy dick a platform on things you know uh, but what i'm Jesus saying Christ. is like no that's that's obviously horrific but is he responsible for phil hartman being killed you know what I'm saying? Like, do we believe in a chain of events or do we believe people are in control of their own decisions? Right. It's like that tomorrow? romantic comedy happenstance or that other romantic comedy uh, sliding doors. It's like if Gwyneth oh, Paltrow yeah. had missed the train that day, then maybe she wouldn't have died at the end of that movie. I'd, I'd never seen that movie. So this is real. This is like, well, I knew I mean, it, it conceptually. It consequentially or coincidentally ties back into this Andy Dick thing because Andy Dick was on the comedy bang, bang parody of sliding doors, oh. uh, which is one of the best episodes of comedy bang, bang. And it unfortunately features Andy Dick as the guest. You know, we've had this conversation a lot about, uh, canceling artists that we really like and i think like you, separate the art from the artist that's totally fine if that's your deal mm. i just i think and i think sometimes you can do that um like like i'm not gonna come at tolkien who's been dead for 50 fucking years like before i was born even for yeah. however he depicts orcs as the other and the, they're black and therefore you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna get on him about that but when you look at something like how J.K. Rowling keeps adding to her fucking dude shit. Such a turf, man. I She's just learned trying what to that start means a turf the last war. three weeks. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, trans exclusionary radical feminist. Well, it's a slur. You're not allowed to say that. Like well, that and Karen, did. apparently. Yeah, Karen, Karen and turf. I and I imagine they both go hand in hand often. She's being a real turfy Karen these days. Well, my point here is if she wants to have political opinions that are different from mine, that's, I, in theory, fine, I guess, free speech and all that shit. But the problem is, is that she's intrinsically linked to Potter. 
like going back to read Potter, which I was like, oh, I want to do that soon means that I'm tacitly uh, condoning some of these politics. And, and again, yeah. Tolkien long dead. I can't talk about authorial intent, but she's a very much alive and keeps telling her, telling us what the intent is, right? By like changing and adding things post or giving real world analogs. I forget what the disease is called in Potter, but like there's an AIDS parallel, I think. And it's like really weird. I mean, it's interesting to me because like Potter, I, I think for like a lot of like people, and this is like the conversation that a lot of, I was reading an article on Vox maybe uh, about like this, uh, how a lot of uh, queer people used Harry Potter as kind of a, a sort of a, a comfort growing up. And there's a lot of queer coding there and any form of like literature or media that depicts uh, a group of outsiders sort of coming together and finding community somewhere. So the idea that she's gone so hard down this rabbit hole of like, because the contention here and what she's worried about is that trans uh, women um, is just an excuse for men to invade biologically female spaces mm -hmm. and potentially sexually assault them. And it's like, number one, uh, Rowling is not using public restrooms, period. <laughs> and number two, if a dude really wanted to go into a woman's restroom, he could do it without going through the hassle of fucking hormonally transitioning into becoming a woman. So right. I don't really think it holds a whole lot of water. I think that this moment calls for more political uh, opinions that are weightier and more important than this. But if that's the hill she wants to die on, it's fine. You go well, get him, Joe. And that's my point. It's like she she's never far from the public eye to declare what she deems and so at some point you can't separate the art from the artist like mm. no nah, harry potter i've really i mean dude all anyone who's our age loves harry potter because it yeah. taught our entire generation to want to learn to read that it was yeah. cool to read too like which yeah, it always was reading. but we we needed credit we needed street cred to read as kids <laughs> like and, and you, you and i were like the perfect age for that because yeah. as like those books were coming out we were aging up along with harry potter and i think that last book came out when we were what like we were 18 yeah, yeah we were 18 and and he was 18 and that was yeah. like ah okay it's like i am harry you know yeah but, uh, and so that it gets really sad because it's like, I don't want to cancel anything, you know? And I think in 50 years when people are born and they don't really know, they can do that. I was watching Lindsay Ellis talk about, uh, Orson Scott card at one point, really? uh, because she, I, I'm, homophobia. Yeah. Well, cause I'm going to, I bought her book because I'm just like, let me support the girl. Like, uh, hey, it comes out next you? week and I, hopefully they'll send it by then. But, um, oh, that is by the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause I like, whether it's great or not, it's like, I really get something out of watching her stuff. I should support yeah. her. So mm -hmm. I, I got that. And she says that even the second book that she's doing is taking so much love from the second of the, of the enders things. Right. And she's yeah. saying like, Oh, I can rectify the influence that someone had on me. Right. Um, and also realize that I've moved past it and I can't return to it. And mm -hmm. it's really sad because, like, that's currently where I'm at with the Potter thing. It's like, oh, I'll never sit here and pretend like those books weren't super fucking foundational for me in terms of, like, yeah. fantasy storytelling. But inclusion, like, that's the real tragedy of it is the, like, it was so, it was a warm hug to return yeah. to those books. So you could go back to that school every year and then it feels like a betrayal. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like makes you believe in magic and everything, and it's like you tap on that brick wall, and it opens you up to this whole new world where trans people are really evil and want to molest you in a bathroom. <laughs> right, because like again, you could have addressed this in the text. Is kind of my issue with it. Like if you wanted to go full villain right. with it, do it. Neville Longbottom transitions. Because well, for a while she was doing crazy shit, where it's like, oh, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. 
and it's like it's not in the text it would be fine right. if it was in the text but it's not it's like so you're just adding this shit to seem more inclusive than you ever really were and now you're going the other way with it well and and all to say that i think people who are born 20 years from now they can totally fall in love with those books because yeah. i think like jk's reign of terror hopefully <laughs> will right you know, be over. But I think for people like us, we're going to, we're going to need to take some time away from it because right. it's like, she still personally profits from everything. Uh, and she's, she's uh, not going to George Lucas it though. She's not going to go back and introduce like a trans character as the villain or something like right. it's too late. You know, I mean, she might try, but like, we'll always have those books. We'll always have those movies. They're separate from the crazy weirdo that JK Rowling is now. It's just a damn shame, man. She could have just like not said anything and everybody would think she was cool as fuck and be really grateful and she could have just collected that money for the mm -hmm. rest of her life. Me and Dolores got into a fight about that because that's like a French uh, like literary theory or whatever is, is death of the like author. Keeping your mouth shut and closed. Well, that would be better. The French like, shut up. They smoke cigarettes and shit. <laughs> like this oh, baguette. Death of the author? Yeah, well, Death of the Author in general is like this. Yeah, it's... Lindsay Ellis actually did a video on this called Death of the Author. Part like a couple of years J. back. J.K. Rowling. No, just oh. now. Oh, I didn't um, see that one yet. Okay. And she and people misinterpret, like conservative conservatives misinterpreted it to mean that she was threatening the life of J.K. Rowling without watching Because yeah, conservatives have never heard of literary theory, these fucking right. mouth breathers. Anyway, sorry, you got me mad for a second. But it's like, um, so Death of the Author in general, me and Dolores kind of go different ways on this because... She says that, like, no, it should be about reader response. Whatever you take out of art is more important. And, and, and like, in theory, I agree with that. My problem is that I don't think that it should be one or the other, but a mixture of both. But apparently you can't do that. Because I think, like, context of the author matters. It really does. If you know that story, that person's life story, Faulkner's stories don't mean the same thing if you don't realize this, like, weird uh, post-Confederacy Southern world that he lived in. They just don't work the same way. You know what I mean? And I think right. that I mean, it's it would be nice if we could all like enjoy things in a vacuum. But like, there's a reason that literary studies and theory exists, you know, right? And it's like to apply context to things. And that's how you derive meaning. But to, to, to do one or the other, I think is just you're leaving shit out completely. You know what I mean? And so I've never really subscribed to that. But I like the idea that like, oh, you can just take the, the author out of it. It's like I sometimes, but I don't think this time. I think this is the one time where you know, whatever lasting spell that JK cast on us is like, it's fucked, right. man. You know, like, she's got to get some polyjuice and become a better person for a minute. Man, That'd be awesome. Yeah, she did have polyjuice in there. That was basically like trans potion, you know, transform into whoever you want. That's so fucking weird. That's what, but you know, you're pulling, you're proving my point, which is once you start to pull the thread a little bit with any of the logic in these books, it gets really fucking scary. Because I was talking to Dolores about that and she was telling me that, like, oh yeah, there's totally a, like an AIDS parallel in the Potter world. In Harry Potter? Yeah, and I forget what it is. What's the AIDS? I got to look it up. She brought it to my attention. I vaguely remember them saying, oh, yeah, there's this, like, this sickness that's going around in the thing. But when you start looking at that through this new, like, prism, you're like, oh, it seems like an AIDS parallel. And specifically, it seems like you're trying to make it about gay people spreading diseases. <laughs> like, it gets really fucking weird, and that's the problem. It's like, I'm scared to go back. Because if I do, it's going to be a whole thing. Because to your Wait, point, it's are like... The, are like the, the Death Eaters supposed to be like the gays? Oh, God, maybe. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, they're all very flamboyant. They're wearing fabulous robes, you know? And as you know, gays run the prison system, right? So they're... Totally. <laughs> 
What about Dementors? Dementors, what's the real world parallel there? You know, they're like they're like the the sassy drag queens. You know, they're they're like the old wizened gays that have kind of been hanging out in the wings. You know, they just suck the joys off the twinks and all the the new incoming gays of this world. I'm actually kind of into a gay Harry Potter parallel. Well, actually, like, yeah, they, they could be more like the the entertainment industry as a whole, like how they take these young gays and they just suck their life force out. You know just continue thriving you know they're the money men they don't give a shit about sex it's all about power i don't know if we're qualified as two cis uh straight men to tell this story but i'm into it man why not us hollywood's been why telling stories see anybody more. else on this podcast dude it's gotta be right us. that's the problem <laughs> we should we should split we should split like we should have jekylls and hyde's version of ourselves so we could be more inclusive <laughs> Can you have a split personality that's a different race or does that become problematic? I think that's instantly problematic. You know, I don't know why that's even a question. <laughs> no, but it's not your fault. You're sick. You're sick. So think oh. about that split disease, right? Motherfucker's got 27 personalities. One of them's got to be fucking Tyrone from Philly. That's all I'm saying. Like, why not? Right. Like one of them is an Asian American immigrant. It comes from a hardworking family. Right. You know, the other one's a white collar piece of shit who's lived in like upstate Connecticut his whole life. You can do all of them is what I'm saying. We should do that to be more inclusive. Like I want to be a, like a trans Jamaican split personality. That's, that's going to be my other person. Hmm. And then you I, can I think I'm good out. with just having the one personality, <laughs> but I'll let you go down that rabbit hole, Bubby. I support you and your journey. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see what comes out of all this. Do you remember when I was a kid that I, that I would, I, I, for like a minute, I tried to convince people that I had a twin named Mitchell. I, this is coming back to me now. We, we both, you and I both had some weird lies that we told back in the day. <laughs> well, it wasn't even like, it wasn't like a lie to like, I didn't want anyone to necessarily think it was true. It was just a bit. It was a bit right. that I was doing like, but there's two of me out in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. What was your oh, lie? You're just going, you're going for the drink. Like, well, what do you got? I mean, like, see, my thing was just being stupid. What's your weird lie? Oh my god, the stomach cancer lie. That was a lie. That was funny. I mean, terrible, but funny. <laughs> yeah, looking back, I don't feel great about it. I just wanted to see like who believed it, and the answer was everybody. Everyone was so nice. This is MySpace days. The people were all calm. You were putting, dude, you were putting I, pictures I, of cancerous no, stomachs. <laughs> there's no version of the story where I come out looking good or I can explain it in a way that makes sense. It's just mm -hmm. I pretended that I had stomach cancer in a blog post on MySpace, uh, probably just to see how far I could take that lie. And the answer was I could take it very far. As it far as you wanted. <laughs> I, I think I told this story on this podcast in an earlier episode that I was hoping was long since forgotten. Um, but, uh, one, one of the, like my, uh, the fellow students or whatever, one of my acquaintances, uh, knew, uh, his mom worked in the same office as, as my mom's school. And like, he told his mom that I had, you know, stomach cancer and oh he was God. really worried about me. And then his mom told my mom, your son has stomach cancer. And she was like, what? How? <laughs> So you got caught. That's the worst, man. Like Yeah, I got I got caught with everything almost, you know. Uh back in back in the day, I remember one time I skipped school with my friend Annie. I remember this. Um, yeah. and like it was literally like the most innocent stupid thing. Like we didn't even have anything to do. I was just like, "Hey, you want to skip school today and we'll like I'll pretend to be your dad and you'll pretend to be my mom or whatever and we'll call the office." And unfortunately, the lady in the office at our high school uh knew my mom and knew what her voice sounded like. Immediately called my mom.
I got in trouble and grounded for a month. Yeah, but see, that's like a logical endpoint. Like the whole faking cancer thing would be like, how far can I take this smash cut and make a wish foundation? You're like Disney World or some shit. I'm like, what? You can make a wish and you chose to go to Disney? That's interesting. But I was right. like, that that one seems more nefarious because of how far you could have gone. It was like that episode of Arrested Development where maybe he's like a paraplegic entering the beauty contest just to prove yeah. that like, beauty's bullshit. <laughs> I felt I felt like immediately like I, I it was just one of those situations where I was like, oh, there are consequences to my actions. You know, it was a teaching moment for sure. Um, yeah, but, but hold on. You're just you're glossing over details that are important. Your mom gets a phone call. Someone being like, oh, my God, your son has stomach cancer. And then how does your mom address this with you? Do you get to, and your dad's still around at this point, too. So I assume well, she was just like, honey, um, come here for a second. Did you? She sits you down. That you had stomach cancer, and I was like, ah, I was doing a bit, and it went too far. <laughs> you were doing I, like on this blog post. I even like found a Google image of like stomach cancer, and I put it on there, and I was like, hey guys, stage three. <laughs> stage three, you put yourself at the third stage. I'm not proud of this, all right? <laughs> I should be. The, the amount of lies, like the fucking house of cards that you built here is incredible, man. Yeah, it wasn't great. But in another more accurate sense, uh, it's my crowning achievement. So I don't know. Do you, do you ever think that your mom lost a little respect for you that day? Like, are there any things that you've done? That I like you... to think that she gained a little bit of respect for me that day. <laughs> She's like, I didn't know you had it in you. He's a you goddamn know? hustler. He's going to do fine on the streets. Yeah, because your mom, I, think I my told dad, you. Was... I think my dad laughed. That's funny. Well, like, that's... It's not surprising I don't know. if you know my dad. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to be like, oh, that's kind of... Uh, but your dad's your dad. That's yeah, accurate. That is technically true. He is my dad. <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. I always think about it all the time. Like, are there lies that you get caught on that make people lose respect for you later? Uh, and I can't think of any off the top of my head, but like, but like, because I don't give a shit about losing the respect of some fucking fuck boy. You know what I'm saying? But like someone who's like really close to me, like family losing respect over some lie or like best friends or some shit. That's different. You know, there's yeah. like a, there's a level to that that makes you feel shame, you know? For sure. Like if you, if you were just like lying to some people you don't give a shit about, you know, like, I'd be like, hey, all the power to you, buddy. Keep it up. I don't know why you're doing it, but good for you. Uh, but if you, like, lied to me, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Well, isn't why? it weird how we moralize those lies? Like, like mm. uh, moralize? There, it's in the word already. Moralize. I'm going to, like, start a band called Moralize. Moralize. You got to find someone named Mora, or that could be one of your split personalities so we could have more inclusion on the show. Yeah. It'll, <laughs> it'll be, like, a like Creed-style music you know just real fucking you know like angsty one of the real uh accomplishment of the office is when is when you said creed i thought the office not the horrific band from jacksonville florida <laughs> fly like a marlin man marlins don't fly scott stapp uh anatomically you're fucking this up yeah they still fly like marlins man he wrote the fucking marlins like baseball song and it's amazing I'm not kidding. This isn't a bit. Scott Stapp, years after Creed broke up, decided he was going to do a fucking like opening day tribute anthem song to the Miami Marlins. Mm. And it is as horrific as you think it is, man. It's awesome. 
Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can, can we can we balance the karmic scales a little bit here? Like, sure. What's something terrible you've done that you haven't talked about on this podcast? Because I'm I'm feeling down in the dumps now, man. <laughs> like reckoning with my past. I I need to I need to get buoyed by some awfulness on the other end of the spectrum here. Oh yeah. One time I raised ten thousand dollars for cancer charity. That was my greatest shame. God damn you. I just high roaded you so hard. I built a high road and then fucking ran ran off. And I and I have a feeling you have no plan of exiting that high road anytime soon. I'm just gonna keep on. No, uh, I, I, you know, the thing is, like, it's not. No one lost any respect for me. I think about some bullshit lies that I told and stuff like that. I was in a room with Johnny when he made a Jiggersville Jigger song once, and then I took credit for it forget about that band yeah the jiggersville jiggers yeah you want to talk about 2008 being a different time we were all like that's just funny because it's like you know the other were right we also used to say nubs oh yeah no well nubs nubs on ellen though i mean come on man there were some bangers out there this is this is funny to four people who know what the fuck we're talking about uh no but but like so i was in a room for that and i think i took credit for like making that song once uh Mm with toilet monster and then one day toilet monster like fact checked that and then johnny was there and it became really awkward for me i don't think i lost any respect it was a lie that i told in a moment and forgot i had told it so it took me two minutes and then i felt shame but in Mm. terms of like truly awful i don't think i've done anything as bad as stomach cancer man i'm sorry (laughs) and to be honest you didn't hurt anybody you know like well i mean i made some acquaintances uh genuinely concerned about me for a while you know <laughs> yeah, but you, you didn't give me a wide berth and but you didn't infiltrate fucking like cancer support groups and like lie to people and that's true you weren't fight club i didn't it. i didn't yeah. do that i didn't fight club it at all i feel a lot better now thank you i'm glad thank i could you. pick you up man seriously you know, that's this is why we're friends man is because you absolve me of all the <laughs> shitty things that you make me feel bad at first then you go you know what you didn't fight club it you didn't take it to the worst logical endpoint. you stopped short of that you know what's interesting is when we watched Fight Club, at no point was I disgusted by him going to these support groups. I don't know why. It's not like well, it's, it's not it's immediately. It's all treated disgusting. as like dark comedy. That's where the movie starts too. It's not like where it ends up. You know, right. that's the moral uh, fucking baseline for the movie. It's him <laughs> pretending to have different diseases so he can sleep. All right. Maybe that works, man. You know, like the ambience long stopped being potent. Maybe we should just jump into this, you know, like lying and getting sleep. I think it's, it's like, it's, it's a morally interesting question because it's like people ask that question, how do you sleep at night? And the answer in that movie is like a baby. If I could be a bad person, (laughs) like that's easy. And it's like, I kind of like it. It's like the accepting of human nature. If, If we stop all pretending that humans are inherently good, which they're not, uh you know we're probably freer as a species well by by the logic of that movie though once he starts doing that and he's like sleeping like a baby isn't he actually not sleeping though isn't that when tyler durden is durden and around yeah he's going out there still getting he's just still getting no sleep he just thinks he is turned durdening into a verb that's kind of amazing (laughs) (laughs) language it's living it's breathing it's amazing uh, that's one of those movies that I, I would like a lot more if a bunch of like people I dislike didn't love it so much. I don't know if that sentence made any sense, but it's just well, one of those movies that's been embraced by so many people I don't care for. Where I'm just you know, like, I really hate Matt Goldberg of Collider fame, and he goes off and says it's the best movie of the last 50 years, and I'm like, yeah, you're a fucking hack journalist. I don't know why people pay you money. 
and it's a good movie. I do really We're like calling that you movie. out, Goldberg. Yeah, you think he listens to this show? I don't know. Maybe I'm friends with like Perry Nimioff and like, a lot of the other people from Collider. Yeah, so it's possible, but you know, yeah. you got to come to LA, man. You just start networking with people. It's fun. Well, I mean, this is definitely the time to come to LA for sure. Right now, in the middle of this. Right in the middle of this Rona. You know, uh, is this Rona ever going to go away at this point, dude? They just fucking, like, cut the uh, CDC's ability to track data and shit. So now we don't even know if the number is being reported or remotely accurate, if we ever did. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing that scares me is... is, is What's going to happen is, like, see, we have record low numbers. Everyone can yep. get back to work. It's, like, it's them... <sighs> It's so fucking creepy to me, and I don't want to, like, go lose control here, but it's like, this is some straight national socialist shit. And as much that you're suppressing, it's not even, it's any, any dictatorship where you suppress the information that's getting out there and you put state TV, state-sponsored information out there. It's yeah, fucking like horrifying. violation of the Hatch Act bullshit that he pulled in the Rose Garden the other day. You saw that shit? That was weird. Yeah, He was, man. like, literally doing, like, he's like, well, if I can't do a campaign tour because of corona, I'll just hold the press hostage while I go off on Biden for an hour. Yeah, and by the way, like Biden is such an easy target, and yet this motherfucker's like, yeah, like I feel like Trump hasn't like, nailed, hasn't got a hit on this motherfucker, really. Well, yeah, like the whole sleepy Joe Biden thing didn't really work. Like, yeah, like Biden seems like weirdly untouchable so far for Trump, and I'm sure Trump will find an angle, maybe. Like he is like good at that if he is at anything, but uh, I don't know, man. Biden might be okay. Well, I think he's the problem like, is he's, he's fighting a leading. he's fighting a two front war. He's like trying to discredit Fauci for no reason, yeah. and like it isn't really working there either. You know what I mean? No, everybody loves Fauci. He's just like credible. <laughs> I like that the bar is so fucking low now that you just need a shred of credibility. Dolores came out today talking about Cuomo, and he's like, "I really love, I really love uh, Andrew Cuomo," and I'm like, "But you don't. You're just held hostage by the idea that we need one person." To yeah. be like in control of a situation well, for once. And I remember Trevor Noah saying this and he was like, man, I can't wait until Andrew Cuomo goes back to being somebody I can hate again. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's fucking, it's true. Cause as soon as he's not on the Rona shit, he's being like this petty pissing contest, uh, piece of shit with de Blasio. Uh, and, like, I, barely like left of center. Yeah, no, no, he's usually terrible. And yet, like, we're showing... I think that's the thing. It's like, a moderate Republican right now could... I've been saying this for months. You've heard me. Because I said a couple months back, and I'm going to repeat it now in case it happens, and I seem like a smart guy. I said, Rami. when do you think the Republicans pulled their support for Trump? They have to have the same polling numbers that everyone else has. Right. Well, there's some theories that they have, like, internal polling that's showing things are even worse for Trump than what's being, like... Oh, one second. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've heard reports that the internal polling in Trump's camp uh, might uh, be showing like even worse, shakier signs. And that's like partially what's leading to Trump acting out even more than usual and tweeting even more than usual. And like kind of uh, that combined with the, the Tulsa rally that he did. And he, I don't know, like we'll, we'll see where that shit goes. Or that Oklahoma I, is surging in Corona. Yeah, like. <laughs> You look at like somebody like Romney, and I wonder if he's positioning himself as like a potential alternative. But I know that he hasn't filed, and it would be too late at this point in the in the race. Uh, speaking of which, Kanye dropped out. Is yeah. that something? Yeah, I am not going to give him any time of day, man. I'm just. I guess what I, you answered my question. Party. 
you answered my question though that if it's way if it's just too late to get on ballots and stuff like that but you figure there's got to be a way around that too right just just what i mean is like it can't be too late to get on all the ballots because generally speaking we have these conventions and the convention is the moment where people officially get nominated before that you can't really file these papers if you don't have an official nominee so what i'm saying is i think if you're the the official republican candidate you can still get on these ballots for november i'm looking at it as like at some point they have to know like putting a moderate republican out there like it has to be a, just a way better chance at what we're trying to do than what trump mm -hmm. is right because then you get the never never trumpers back into the mix or whatever yeah. which there there are many man like there there are a lot more than i think we think there are a lot of people that are sort of like well i can't straight up vote for the dude at this point yeah, yeah. my uncle tommy to you. like i'm Republicans actually like the world yeah like I, I have some friends on facebook who are uh, generally republican or conservative that are like very anti-trump right now um which i know is anecdotal but we'll fucking see what happens uh but yeah man uh either way however this goes it's going to be contentious as fuck like even if biden wins in a landslide <clears throat> like it's there's going to be investigations or calls for them or lawsuits etc it's going to extend well past what it should so i sincerely hope that we uh we take the buck in senate as well and like get even more of a majority in the house um because otherwise uh with uh, mitch mcconnell up in there running shit i'm a little i'm a little worried I'm a little worried that uh free and fair elections are going to be a thing of the past yeah, when, when Ginsburg went to the uh, hospital again, which, by the way, that fucking trooper has been to the hospital like five times in the last two years, and she keeps yeah. getting out, man. She knows. That poor woman needs like to be able to retire, and it's just like the situation calls for the other. She wanted to retire four fucking years ago, man. <laughs> like That's what's so sad about it. Like She just continues to be this bad bitch. But, um, but no, it's because of that. It's like when she went to the hospital, I'm like, oh, well, Democrats, I'm sorry, d d sink down to their level. Like, if this guy has to nominate someone else, you refuse to fucking hear those. You will not give yeah. him a trial in the Senate. And, you fucking say you, no. And you fucking know that Mitch McConnell and the Republicans are going to be like, I have never seen such obstruction <laughs> in all my days. And it's like, fuckers, like, you fucking know they're going to do it. Well, the people are just stupid. People don't fact check any of this shit. I mean, over the weekend, God damn it, this Wayfair thing, Max. This mm. Wayfair thing. I it's lost so my. True, though. It's no, true. it's not. It's oh. definitely happening. God. Okay, so I looked up the origins of that. Do you want to know how this shit got started? Mm. It was just a woman being really fucking annoyed how expensive a shower curtain was compared to this other shower curtain, right? Yeah. And then what she said is like, I. What are they doing? Uh, trafficking children uh, this would break my heart if it's true that is literally all anyone said and then people on reddit did the fucking reddit thing and went crazy and started bringing all this other shit to the to the table and it made me mad <coughs> for a couple of reasons because one all i saw was the idiot reactions on social media people saying like i have a friend of mine who like i don't want to say anything i don't want to call her by name i went to school with her back in high school she is a little crazy and i'm not saying that mm. to be mean i mean she's literally mentally ill she was like picked up one time in tallahassee talking to an imaginary jesus which is where i got my jesus idea from so you know i always listen oh. to your friends but so she's she, you know she's had some mental illness problems and she came out and all she said was like 
this breaks my heart. We need to end human trafficking. And, and then people are like, what are you talking about? Where are your sources? And he's like, look it up on Facebook and blah, 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 blah. And I got so yeah, annoyed the, by that. The classic peer reviewed news source that is Facebook. Uh, dude. And so my point is this, like one, do people not understand how the dark web works? Number one, number two, do you think people are just buying children off fucking debit cards and shit? Right, like, because like what, what happens if you order the overpriced uh, fucking cabinet fixture and, a and you get like a, a child delivered to your doorstep? Like you'd be like, huh? Uh, <laughs> that'd be great though. If you could like do that, like not for <laughs> molesting children, let me walk that back, but for <laughs> adopting kids. I'm sorry, like, I'm just picturing, like, an Annie situation or something, like, an Annie for the new age, like, s- some billionaire, like, orders a very expensive, because he's got to have the most expensive thing on, on yeah, fucking of course. Wayfair, and he, like, orders a, a fucking, like, lawn chair or something, and <laughs> there's a, a child, a trafficked child, and it's just, Eddie like, Warbucks. Musical, yeah, it's, like, a musical for the 21st century, you know? <laughs> Well, I'm a sex slave now for us. Like, what? No, you're you're eight, Annie. You're fucking little. Uh, that's a musical we need right now, man. You know, just an Annie for the modern era. Oh, God. We would have to write an Annie musical that specifically implicates Wayfair. And also... <laughs> right. Makes makes Daddy Warbucks a good parent. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I just wanted a cabinet, but guess I'm raising a child. That old chestnut. He still gets like arrested at the end because like, why didn't he report this to the police? Where did you get this child? It would be kind of helpful. Like, look, let's be honest about where things come from. We went to a sweatshop and like when we bought anything from a sweatshop, they sent one of the sweatshop kids to put it together for you. It's like, yeah, then you kick them out. They're just like roaming the streets of major metropolitan cities. Right. I feel like the, the Annie in this show should just get like kicked back into the foster care program, you know, to get, get put into the system again, you know? And it's like, well, this is better than being a sex slave. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a music well, man. No, it's until they go to the fan. orphanage and all the furniture is provided by Wayfair and she has to look at Wayfair tags all her fucking days. It's like, it's bad. It's a bad story, man. I mean, maybe, I, maybe like cut to 20 years later, she's working in the Wayfair like warehouse or something. It's like the only <laughs> job she could get. It's like, man, really comes full circle. And that could be like the closing number. It comes full circle. She's got to pay uh, for Daddy Warbucks's funeral because technically, even though she was bought, she's yeah. like maybe she girl. like buys the coffin on Wayfair, you That'd know, and cute. then another child shows up at her doorstep. And she it's looks like at the 20. camera and is like, not again. <laughs> like, here we go again. And then the movie dun, starts dun, over. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and the credits, curtains. credits, <laughs> credits, credits roll. Baby. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.